Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Hey, everybody. We're off the ground here. Episode 13 of For Future Considerations. Uh, Matt, Manny, John here with you again, ready to turn the corner on your week uh, and get uh, the week uh, weekend started on what has been a beautiful couple of days uh, in, in Windsor, Essex here. John, uh, what about you? The snow is actually melting in Grey Bruce as well. It was nice. I uh, felt like a wild man. I unzipped my coat this, this afternoon when I was walking. Oh, my goodness. Take it easy, John. I know. Come on. I- unzipping the coat? Whoa. I know. I got to slow down. My goodness. What's next? The flip-flops with socks? <laughs> <laughs> that is pure John Rashad style right there. Yeah. If anybody is going to make that work, it's going to be John Rashad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's not a closed shoe day anymore, honey. <laughs> I'm in Strathroy with uh, tonight and uh, recording this show with you guys today. And I'm wearing shorts, guys. It's nice over here in Strathroy. So wow. there you go. Yeah, we're well. We're gonna get. To, they're saying 18 tomorrow uh, here in in Windsor, and then I think the weekend it's like five. So oh, oh well, enjoy it now. It's great that the weekends are crap, but uh, during the week it's beautiful. <laughs> Look at all this snow you're gonna get again, John Rochelle. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So um, as far as the the forecast and stuff is concerned, again we're all over the place. Um, our show last week was all over the place, uh, so we're just gonna keep tying that in to. Uh, to episode 13 we got a lot on tap uh, to to get to today yeah and and you gotta say thank you to everyone who tuned in last week to our two two shows last week i thought they were fantastic and of course uh we had a lot of fun with jeff kurzakis on episode 12 big thanks to jeff for being a part of the show and a big shout out to the listeners who commented on it too uh heidi alan cindy ann val barney Anna Marie and Jeremy, they all spoke glowingly of the interview. Uh, they really loved it. Loved all the stories that Jeff told, too, and he was brilliant with them. Yeah, it was uh, absolutely one of the uh, more popular episodes that we've we've done so far on the show. So, again, we appreciate uh, Jeff's time and, uh, and glad everyone was able to enjoy it. Uh, I want to send out a special thank you to Kevin Gersoy, um, who is an outstanding hockey player uh, and is not a curler. Um, we had hit it up on social media, and I messaged him uh, on, on Twitter and in- included him in that, and he jumped back right away and was excited to hear that he had a, a curling career as well. I uh, wasn't too upset at all that I had the, the sport completely wrong there in episode <laughs> 11, so uh, I'm glad uh, <laughs> glad he took that well, and uh, and hopefully he's uh, now a lifelong listener. Yeah. <laughs> we got some really good feedback on our James Harden takes, too, with the Houston Rockets promising to retire his number 13 jersey. Kiefer particularly liked the Denny's menu retirement, so uh, keep bringing that feedback. We love that feedback. Yeah, it's great, and I still think James Harden's number, and even more so after after the show, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, he, yeah, that's that's the way to go with the with retiring his number in Houston. 
And uh, we even got some Price is Right feedback from uh, episode 11. Oh, yeah. 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 Dan said his favorite game was uh, Hole in One, and I like that one too, actually. And uh, Dean loved the dice game, which Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember that game. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. That was just, there was a small board and there was the the line kind of in the middle and you had to roll the dice over the line to make sure it counted. But great... Great on Dan for bringing that up because there was nothing better than when the, the guy would miss the putt on the hole-in-one and Bob would go over. But it's not hole-in-one, it's hole-in-one or two, and he'd get to try again and the whole sign would spin around. And that's, a, that's a great pull. What about Bob Barker nailing the putt every single time he tried it? Yeah, great golfer. That's why he got a, a role, right, in... Uh... In, with Adam Sandler in that movie, Happy Gilmore, right? That's why Bob Barker was in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he does play those or did play those tournaments. So that's uh, it's, uh, cool. And, and yeah, he was he was always great. I, could you imagine uh, sinking a putt like that with how many people watching and all those girls standing <laughs> around you? And I, I can't I can't uh, I can't shoot even on mini golf, let alone uh, having to do that in front of all those people. <laughs> the uh have you when was the last time you went golfing were shot oh god um i actually haven't been on a real golf course uh i don't know if i've ever actually really been golfing i've been in a driving range a bunch of times and uh, that's always embarrassing and uh, i was a pretty good mini golfer though my brother will tell you that (laughs) oh so he could we're gonna have a mini golf tournament when we get together again sometime (laughs) when this pandemic is over matt and i went to the driving range in the summer and that was actually it was pretty good to get out. It felt good to hit the ball. Yeah, it did for sure. I mean, uh, you were using your putter the whole time and still hitting it about uh, 315. So, uh, I mean, I, I think you missed your calling there in, uh, on the uh, on the old tour. But, uh, no, there's uh, the where we went golfing, there was a bunch of, like, beat-up cars and stuff like that. So, of course, you, you end up getting into the game of, you know, who's going to hit the car. I think you got it twice. I think you got it on the first shot, actually. And then I think you, I hit one a little bit later on, and you hit one right after that. So... No, you put a you put on a show. That was that was awesome. Didn't you get yours in the window? I thought you got yours. I got mine in a window. Yeah. So mine got in. Yeah, mine got in the window. You hit the car twice. So I mean, uh, you know, I I'm not great at accuracy as far as off the off the tee. So Manny, maybe if you're if you drive the ball off the tee, I can try to to chip it on. Rashad, <laughs> if you want to putt, I mean, I I think we got the makings here, boys. <laughs> if the three of us come together, I think we make one little bit below average golfer. <laughs> We'd have the best Ryder Cup team ever. <laughs> <laughs> and if Rashad doesn't want to play, he can be the cart girl. <laughs> oh, man. Well, on that note, uh, we always love your feedback. So send your feedback. To for future considerations at gmail.com or on social media. You can follow us at podcast FFC on Twitter or Instagram and on Facebook. Just search for for future considerations. Yeah, there's lots of content on social media, video highlights from all the games that are going on. Of course, clips from our podcast as well. And when you're looking for the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Anchor, any of the places that you'd be looking for uh, podcasts, you can find it here for future considerations is the name of the old show. And on the show today, we'll play some rapid fire, of course, and we'll talk about the coaching change in the NHL. 
But first, a big money contract in the NFL. Prescott going end zone, and it's caught for the touchdown! Dak Prescott has signed a four-year, $160 million contract with the Dallas Cowboys. $126 million of that is guaranteed, and it includes a $66 million signing bonus. We've asked this a few times, boys. Will the Cowboys regret this signing? Well, I mean, it sounds like a, a broken record. Uh, to me, again, it, it's what you're going to do with this deal. Four years, $160 million. The The Cowboys got their guy. Uh, this is going to be their, their quarterback for the, the time being. The, the deal, because of the signing bonus and how big it is, I guess does sway a little bit on the cap and, and gives them a little bit extra room as far as the team is concerned, flexibility with the cap. So what are you going to do with that? Are you going to improve the offense? Offensive line to try to protect a guy who's now got a bit of an injury history uh, that I'm sure Dallas is is concerned with. Are you going to use that money to improve the defense? Uh, how are you going to make this team better? Because Dak Prescott's already on uh, a few injuries now and, and two parts of him that certainly uh, could get triggered again. And, and we've seen how bad the Cowboys can be without him. Uh, they're not great with him, but it was uh, a signing that uh, I think Dallas was somewhat forced into having to do, but they they got their man. It's it's high for me, but that's uh, that's where the, the Cowboys ended up landing. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I hate the Cowboys. So from my perspective, this is a great deal for Dak Prescott. It's a terrible deal for the Dallas Cowboys. You talked about their other needs, Matt. They need offensive line help. They need help all over the defense, not just in one particular area. Uh, They have Ezekiel Elliott who makes way too much money. I think his cap charge is about $15 this year. So even though you save a little bit of money by signing Dak to this deal and not having him have the franchise tag, you still don't have enough to shore up the other areas. Remember, Dak Prescott is coming off that broken ankle that sidelined him. And when he was healthy last year, before he suffered that terrible injury, Dallas was two and three. It's not like they were a juggernaut with Dak Prescott in the lineup. So I don't think this helps Dallas at all. And I think it just makes the expectations that much higher. Are you trying to tell me Dak Prescott is the second best quarterback in the NFL? Because he's paid like the second best quarterback in the NFL. Mahomes 45, Prescott 40, that's their average for the upcoming season. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and I, I'm not entirely sure uh, you know that you can really equate how this measures up. I mean, are the Dallas Cowboys closer to getting to the Super Bowl now uh, than uh, they would have been? You know, having to go through uh, free agency or or drafting a quarterback and going through that. I mean, we know how Jerry Jones operates. There's no such thing as a rebuild. He he loves this kid. Um, this is this is the the guy that he he's going with, and uh, it's. Uh, it's risky for sure. I think of all the the quarterback transactions that we've seen in this offseason, and we've seen quite a bit, whether it's trades or signings like this, this is definitely the one that's the the most uh, or has the best opportunity, I guess, of, of really falling on its face. Has there ever been a player that's had more leverage against a team in any sport? No, that's fair. That's a fair point. 
And we got some uh, feedback on social media about this contract as well. Uh, Rob says it's too much, and he's wondering how long big league teams can afford these types of contracts. And then Rick was saying Jerry Jones is a tool, and as long as he's running the show, the Cowboys will never win another Super Bowl. What do you guys think of those takes? All right. Well, I mean, Rob, uh, you know, to just to pull some numbers and using the Cowboys as, as an example, I mean, in the NFL, each team in the NFL gets about $255 million a year from their TV deals. The Cowboys make about $350 million in sponsorships and, and seating and, and all of that. Uh, so, you know, as long as they're making that money, they're going to spend that money. Um, I'm still not a, a, a salary cap expert. I don't know how some of these deals can squeeze under uh, a hard cap. Uh, but, I mean, the, the, they've been able to, to figure that out. It, does this put them in a good spot, though, for their you know potential growth winning things like that no and that i guess goes to rick uh, rick's point i mean jerry jones is uh, you know jerry's world down there and and i mean he's he's the, the franchise i don't think there's an owner you mentioned uh, a quarterback that has more clout or more power over a team i don't think there's an owner that uh, has more I guess emphasis or more power on his team than than Jerry Jones, and that's his guy. And yeah, I mean we've we've seen this go around and around with the Cowboys for a few years. I don't think this makes them any better um, than they were before, and and may end up causing more problems for him down the road. Rick's the smartest fan out there because Jerry Jones is a tool, and the Cowboys will never win. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head, Matt. The TV contracts is what makes makes the world go round for these professional sports teams. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. And now it's time for our play of the week, brought to you by Next Level Athletics. Yeah, Matt, uh, Shane Topolovic, who's based in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition, preparing your body for the next level. We talk about Jerry Jones and, and Jerry World. I mean, this this whole community is is Topolovic land. <laughs> if, if you want to come up with a better name, I'm open to suggestions. But this is uh, this is your guy for for any of that. Uh, you know, again, sport training, nutrition. Uh, just the the mental capacity of uh, the Jolly Green Giant. Uh, this is uh, Sh- this is your guy. Shane, Shane reached out and asked if the three of us wanted to join him on the hill on a Saturday morning run. Uh, you guys can go. I'm going to call in sick. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about some uh, some event that he's putting together, and uh, I don't know if this is anything he's actually got narrowed down. But uh, uh, Manny, I uh, I committed to that for you, so that should be a good uh, a good day, a nice uh, nice healthy jaunt from. Uh, I believe we're going to Windsor to uh, just outside of Tilbury, so it should what? be a, a quick yeah quick quick little uh, quick little. 5K. Let me put the beer away now. Then <laughs> let me make you a deal. I'll drop you guys off. Go get a hamburger and pick you up at the other end. Let me guess, Ar- Arby's? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can do Arby's. <laughs> Beef and cheddar? See, he is the golf cart girl. <laughs> <laughs> and our uh, play of the week comes from the NHL again. Matt Barzell trying to catch up to this one. Gets there, pokes it, working on wrist alignment. Got through. Barzell between his legs! Oh, Matt Barzell take a bow! It just doesn't get a whole lot better than that when you talk about a one-on-one scenario. And is that the best goal you guys have seen all year? Oh, man, that's up there. 
that's that's a sweet goal matt barzell again if if he was and he's a great example if he was anywhere other than long island what a star he would be in this league he is a stud i remember seeing him at the memorial cup in windsor in 2017 and it's unfortunate that his team went such through a hard playoff i think they were drained by the time they got to the Memorial Cup. But he showed flashes of brilliance in that tournament. And that goal right there with the puck through the legs and the stick through the legs and scoring back door there, amazing. Players are trying that more often, right? But they're not scoring on them, but they are trying them. Yeah, you do see it quite a bit now. And, uh, you know, who was it that uh, was just trying that in what would have been their first uh NHL goal was that Zegras that uh, that tried to do the Michigan, uh, which yep. would have been his first uh, NHL goal. Yeah. And that's you know that that's not something you can uh, you can work on uh, with a kid in practice. That's just you know that's just pure skill. And speaking of hockey, let's talk about another coaching change. Last week we talked about the Montreal Canadiens move, and then the Calgary Flames this week said, "Hold my beer," and fired Jeff Ward and replaced him with a former coach, Daryl Sutter. What do you guys think of that move? Wow, uh, recycling an old coach again. Daryl Sutter, who was with the Flames from uh, 2002 to 2006. He led them to a cup in 2004, but lost to Tampa Bay in that seven-game final. Um, He's a winner, though. He's won with the Kings. They won a cup in 2012 and 2014 with Sutter. Um, But he's an old-school coach. I thought maybe they'd go for a new age coach, but maybe bad Brad Trevelling or Trevelling, I can't say his name, but uh, he um, he's looking for that old school type of coach, hard nosed type of guy. I just see this as a move by the GM to protect his job. If we thought Mark Bergevin was trying to save his job by firing Claude Julian, for sure. Brad Trevelling is trying to save his job by firing Jeff Ward and hiring Daryl Sutter. Yeah, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, to me, it's it's a little bit desperate. Um, I think that Calgary is a team that uh, you know over time has has been built up a reputation of of being gritty, uh, a bit of hard worker, more of a physical team, and they've seemed to have gotten away with that or away from that over the last little bit. And and I think uh, Daryl Sutter kind of brings that back a little bit. I, I did see videos with him uh, as well, even last night uh, on his first practice with the team, uh, where he had them skating about 30 minutes into the practice uh, and and doing some uh, some hard work in in that practice so maybe that's what they were looking for as well just a, a kick to get him going but to to your point Manny for um, for Brad Travelling the the general manager you you say that this is a, a decision that he makes to um, keep his job the next thing I'm looking at is to see what he does with the trade deadline uh, that's coming up in the, in the middle of April. He's going to have some time here to really see what his team ends up being or, or what they they turn out to be with Sutter behind the the bench and make a decision at that point. If this is you know you're coaching for your job and and this is the guy that you're willing to go down uh, down with, um, then how are you going to make this team better? 
you know, right now at, at the time that we record this, they're four points out of a playoff spot. Uh, they've got two extra games uh, compared to uh, that that fourth place team. So they they've got their work cut out for them for sure. I mean, they they went back and, and got old reliable in this case. I do think it's a bit of a band aid uh, for for now. But uh, and again, we'll we'll see how he makes the Calgary Flames look uh, compared to Jeff Ward. And as a follow up to that, who will be the next NHL coach to be fired? Ooh, I I got to look at the Rangers. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before about how the Rangers seem to be disappointing this season. They're not even in a playoff picture yet in that East Division. Uh, so I think David Quinn, the head coach of the New York Rangers might be the next guy to go yeah as far as in-season deals um i i agree with you and i've got mika zibanejad on my fantasy team so i can tell you the rangers aren't very good this year but uh as far as the the, the team itself again you've got uh kako that you got in the draft a couple years ago lafreniere uh there's a lot of excitement around that team they really liked their goaltending tandem that uh, they had last year so much so that lungfist moved on neither of their goaltenders have been very good this year either so uh, there's all kinds of problems in in new york uh, with the rangers and uh, and that's certainly going to be something that uh, they're going to have to deal with. I would agree with David Quinn. Ralph Kruger, of course, is the obvious one in Buffalo as well. I don't know if that's uh, a move that they make in the middle of the year. To me, that's not, I mean, you're not in a position to really do anything at this point. I don't know if you just want to ride it out with him or, or what you do in that case, because if you're opening that door, then you look very close to, to where we are in Windsor with Jeff Blaschel. I mean, I, I don't expect the Red Wings to, to fire Blaschel during the season, I think that's going to be an, an off-season move. But you know, if you're going to make that kind of move, uh, then you know you really have uh, um, to do that in season. You really got to be going at something. I agree with you, Matt. That Ralph Kruger is on the hot seat, but there's something about that situation in Buffalo that I don't see Kruger getting fired. I wonder, John, if your boy Travis Green in Vancouver is feeling a little heat. And he may lose his job. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to come because you have a GM there who um, he had to call a press conference and explain what's going on. And there's so much heat, I think, to take the pressure off of him. I think he will pull the trigger before the season ends if this doesn't get somewhat better quickly in Vancouver. And guys, before we get into rapid fire, International Women's Day was earlier this week, and on the heels of that, the Toronto Raptors announced an all-female broadcast booth for its game on March 24th against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, your thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's long overdue. Great to see it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game on the 24th. Uh, I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah, funny enough, Megan uh, McPeak uh, had an opportunity to very quickly meet her just in passing uh, when I was working with the Windsor Express, the National Basketball League of Canada. I believe it was in Brampton that I had met her, but um, she's somebody whose name keeps on coming up she she does a great job and uh, and she's going to be an excellent uh, selection for this uh, to to do this game uh, you know for for me and and you know you see a lot of it on social media and all that i i do look forward to the day when this is a a non-story and i don't say that in a bad way i say that in uh, the expectation that this is the norm that uh, you know we don't have to make a big deal out of of women or minorities or whatever it would be uh, getting these opportunities because they're just as as plentiful and just as fruitful in the industry as as everybody else. 
I thought with Susan Waldman being um, an announcer for the Yankees for so many years in the biggest sports market in the world that this would stop being an issue eventually, but um, we tend to notice it every time it comes up. It's taken a while, hasn't it, that uh, we're getting to this point? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I believe the San Francisco Giants, I don't know if it's changed or not, but their public address announcer in the arena or in the stadium is uh, is a female as well. And and same thing. I mean, it's to, to me, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have in a sense, because I, I don't think that this should be something that is is unique in in that landscape or in any sort of you know professional environment where we make a big deal that oh, a woman is is doing a, an nba broadcast well of course I'm, i've i've heard megan mcpeak's games she she's an excellent commentator right. and i don't think that should be i don't think that really uh, you know uh, should uh, should be anything that's that's new or surprising because it should be happening way more often than it does and doris burke is excellent yeah absolutely and now it's that time, guys. Are you ready for rapid fire? Yeah, guys. Yes, let's go. Are you ready? The NBA All-Star Game was held on the weekend with a slam dunk and three-point contest. Did you guys watch? No, I didn't watch it. I watched some of the highlights. Steph Curry was a machine, but I did not watch the game live at all. You know, uh, the, the NBA All-Star Game itself, now let me say this, as far as the activities that go into the Skills Day, I think they probably have the best show or the best, I guess, games. Um, the, the game itself is maybe the worst thing you could possibly watch. I, I, I'm not a basketball fan to begin with, but to see a final score of, and I don't know what the score was of the game because that's how much I paid attention to it, of like 140 to 139 or something like that's to me, the games that I remember watching are basically at the end just turn into a skills competition and it's one-on-one and the floor opens up and the rookies are now scoring. To me, it's, I don't get it. I'm just not connected to it. The, you know, Again, not being a basketball guy, the dunk contest for me is entertaining, but I don't really get you know the, the dunk that uh, um, whoever was that did the Tracy McGrady tribute um, you know uh, yeah of course that's impressive I don't know how to gauge that against one of the other dunks that that happened so I uh, I steer clear of it Rashad were you into it at all uh no I wasn't this time around uh, the biggest NBA game all-star game that I watched was uh, when Magic came back when he had been away from the game and they sort of brought him back to do his last hurrah but other than that when I've never really been into all-star mm-hmm. games that was a good one Blake Griffin was bought out by the Detroit Pistons and signed by the Brooklyn Nets. Does this put the Nets as the favorite to win the NBA title? I mean, LeBron's going to have something to say about that for sure. But uh, the the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, again, you, you talk about uh, basketball and how I just uh, I just miss it. You know, that you've just got Blake Griffin. Uh, who's now going to be on your bench? Like I, I don't know how all of these guys are going to be able to play with one basketball. <laughs> they've they've got uh, so many big names on that team, and and hopefully it, you know the the idea of course is to to put everybody together and win a championship. I I don't know how you can do that or how that works in in the NBA, uh, but it's it's such an you know an, an individual game where you know now you've got guys on that uh, on that roster, maybe five of them. That if you needed a 30-point night, you could probably just tap one of them on the shoulder and, and they'd be ready to go. It's like John Rashad is controlling a fantasy team and just picking guys to put on one team. Like I, I agree that the Nets 
may be favorites in the East, but I think, like you said, Matt, the Lakers are still the team to beat. Once they, once they get Anthony Davis back, the Lakers are still going to be pretty tough and the favorites, in my mind, to repeat as champs in the NBA. And in the NHL, Washington's Tom Wilson was suspended for seven games by the NHL for his hit on Brandon Carlo of the Boston Bruins. Do you guys think that was too harsh or not enough? You know, I've been going back and forth on this one. Um, seven games in a 56-game season is about 13% of the year. So it's a good chunk of it, for sure. It would translate, I would expect, to around 10 games or so. I, I watched the hit a couple of times. I don't see the violence in it uh, in a sense that he didn't leave his feet. I don't think he was attacking the head, but the, the hit hits the stick which hits the head which then hits the boards and and of course um the player goes down and and had to go to the hospital and get checked out and and of course everybody's glad that he's okay um so i think this was an opportunity for the nhl to again send a message that this is not something that this game represents anymore uh, these violent kind of blindsided hits um or in players in vulnerable positions and i think it also has to do with the fact that that tom wilson has a timeshare in the commissioner's office so when when he has to go through for these sentencings and and all of the uh, the suspensions that he's had before yeah this isn't the first or the second or the third time he's been suspended this is now his fifth suspension and the last time he was suspended for 20 games i think because it is a shortened season it's why it's only seven games and not more uh i think it could have been more this seems just about right it's a hit to the upper body which could is the head um, and it was a player in a vulnerable position the league's trying to get away from these types of hits in the game we got an interesting email from tim who wanted to ask about walter gretzky whose funeral was held on the weekend after he passed away last week at the age of 82 and um, we all know him as canada's hockey dad tim has an interesting question he wants to know should walter gretzky be inducted into the hockey hall of fame that's a tough Hall of Fame to get into. Paul Henderson is not even in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, but I could see you making an argument for Walter Gretzky to get into the Hall as a builder. Yep. To represent the common folk. To represent the everyday parent who takes their kid to the rink at 6 in the morning. I can see that as something that the Hockey Hall of Fame could do. Yeah, I could certainly see that that reach. Uh, you know, I, I think the fact that that he, of, of course, is is Wayne Gretzky's dad is is um, if you're going to pick somebody, that's that's the guy to pick it. Um, I I hate to sound like a, a bugger for uh, you know the, the guy that just recently passed away, and obviously he means a lot to, to hockey and to Canada and, and all of that. I to me the fit's not there, but um, you know I'm I'm not. I'm not going to be one way or the other if, if he does get inducted. Um, for me, that's that just isn't isn't a place that I would I would see him. We posted a story on our social media about Tom Brady's rookie card selling for one point three two million dollars. Kobe Bryant's rookie card also sold for one point eight million dollars. And uh, did you guys collect uh, trading cards? And did you have anything valuable? I still have trading cards. I had a ton of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in the same way. I've got a ton of them. My my kid now uses them as chew toys, but uh, <laughs> there's there's a ton of them that have no value whatsoever. 
but uh, yeah, I've got I've got a few, and I've got a few saved in those uh, in the hard packages and stuff. You know, nothing valuable, but some rookie cards here and there, some signed cards and stuff. Uh, I had actually gotten um, a couple of uh, of Al Kaline autographed cards Ooh. a couple years ago, given to me, um, and and he's he's since passed away. Um, I don't think they have an incredible value to it, not one point three two or or one point eight, but um, I did have a LeBron James rookie card and I have no idea where it is and uh, I'm assuming that that was my retirement plan out the window I had an Ed Belfour rookie card that uh, I still have somewhere and um, it started out at uh, $8 I wrote it all the way up to $16 and then the bottom fell out I haven't checked its value in the last uh, 25 years or so <laughs> that eight Al Kaline card may be worth something more than Ed Belfour. I had a Mario Lemieux rookie card. Okay. So, uh, and that's in, in a treasure spot. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm hoping that'll turn into something big for me one yeah, day. Yeah, did you say you weren't home right now, Manny? Uh, where? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to take, a, take a, a peek and make sure that card's doing okay? <laughs> the wife doesn't even know where it is. <laughs> Matt, we can find it. What are the last four digits of his phone number? That's probably the keypad on the front of his house. <laughs> zero, 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 zero. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> and finally, did you see Jeff Bezos' wife, who is worth $53 billion. That's a little more than my Ed uh, Balfour card. She's remarried with a teacher at her kid's school. Uh, what do you even say to a woman that rich to go out on a date? Say, hi, I'm John Rashad. <laughs> Oh, uh, Mackenzie Scott is her name. Oh, man. And uh, $53 billion. What do you do with that money? I know. That, that, and this guy, you know, he's, he's uh, a private school science teacher. Um, I believe he's into charity and stuff, so I'm assuming they met at some sort of... So, some sort of uh, charity event or, or whatever it would be i can just imagine them all dressed up and and you know in the the ballroom sipping on uh, whatever rich people sip on and and he sees her across the room walks towards her and and leans on the bar and says you know uh scientists have recently discovered a rare element <laughs> called butonium it looks like you might be made of it <laughs> Excuse me, is your father a crook? Because he stole the stars out of the sky and put them in your eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my! Oh my goodness! Are you an exothermic reaction? Because you are just spreading hotness everywhere. <laughs> That's terrible! Terrible! <laughs> and all three of us are in relationships somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man what, what's the first thing you buy with that money oh man for for him too like you know for him it's such a tough spot like i mean it's it's not your money i'm assuming he's signing something he, he's not going to get a piece of the pie here but like uh, you, you get you know everything settles down you get married you go home and you're like honey can i go out and buy a 
Lamborghini. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be okay if I bought a house for myself just in the island somewhere just to say I had one now? (laughs) Do you think he's asking her for money to buy the ring? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you, you pick that up. You uh, pick out the one you like, <laughs> throw that down there, babe. I, I I got the beef and cheddars on the way home. I got taken care of. Oh, my, my wallet's in the car. Can you take care of that for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the damnedest thing. <laughs> I can't even oh, spell man. Tiffany's. What are we doing here? Oh, man. (laughs) And on that note, that's our show for today. Yeah, we've got another show coming up on Friday. Uh, That's called The OT. (laughs) 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 Honey, honey, I think the car is a little low on gas. Do you mind uh, swinging by and uh, throwing a quick 50 in? (laughs) I I don't know if we'll be here on Friday, but... Keep tuning in because follow us on social media. We may we may have some news. I'm looking forward to the show if we can get to it though. Oh man, if you missed any of our previous episodes, just in case we don't have episode 14, you can catch some of our previous shows or interview with Jeff Kurzakis. Just search for for future considerations wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You know what, honey? Make it the large sodas. <laughs> if, if you're on social media and you're out there, podcast FFC on, t- on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for future considerations is the uh, the site there as well. I mean, if the, if this makes any sense to you whatsoever, what's just happened in the last four and a half minutes, then you're you're with us for life. Post a comment, share it with your friends, and, and tell us just you know, how uh, how you enjoyed just hearing us laugh at ourselves for three three and a half minutes here. And you can also email us with your feedback, suggestions, show ideas, even your own hot takes like that one. Or if you agree or disagree with us, let us know at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time on For Future Considerations. Is it alright if I use the bathroom now, honey? <laughs> that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.